Hey folks and welcome to this week's episode. My name's Rhonda and I'm your host and this week we are exploring in some detail the idea of all or nothing thinking. So what does that mean and why am, why am I talking about it this week? Well it comes up for me because I recognise it in myself which is often what I talk about. Things I have overcome or have noticed recently and are overcoming them now. This is an old one for me or older anyway. It's all or nothing thinking. And I've noticed that comes up in some comments, comes up in the groups and, and some of the um, membership discussions is this idea of you're either a complete success or a total failure. And there's no grey area, there's no in between. So when someone engages in this form of um, kind of cognitive dysfunction you're evaluating your life in extreme terms it's either perfect or a disaster and this distorted thinking really does affect us on a day-to-day basis and especially our spiritual life that's what we talk about here our spiritual life so we think we have to be perfect we think we have to manage perfectly we think that we're all in or nothing's good enough otherwise we've failed so we're going to dive into that this week and see if we can recognise it in ourselves. If we haven't already, we're going to just go through some of the, um, just some thoughts about all or nothing thinking and then some words that you may use that can help you to signpost if you do this yourself. So let's get into it. So decades of psychological research have identified dysfunctional patterns in thinking that are associated with an increased risk of depression, anxiety and hopelessness. And one of those types is all or nothing thinking. And I work with clients all the time on trying to kind of really deal with that cognitive disorder, dysfunction, this distortion. And we've, you know, there's been a podcast before on, on cognitive distortion, but I really feel like this one deserves and will probably there are other ones as well, but this one in particular deserves its own podcast. So really when you have this issue, you're really incapable of being able to accurately assess a situation um, and you see things in terms that are much more stark than they actually are. Things don't feel partially damaged, they are completely devastated. Day isn't going fairly poorly, it's the worst day ever. It's not that one person was being difficult today, it's that everybody is. and also when we struggle with all or nothing thinking it really is fertile ground for self-blame and even self-hatred as well because what you're really doing is demanding perfection from yourself and since the only alternative you're willing to consider is failure no one no one's gonna be happy with that you're just never gonna be happy with that so it can take two forms, I think, um, in, in the most simplest way to talk about all or nothing thinking. So the first way, the first form of this is that you don't give yourself the leeway to do anything, <coughs> excuse me, in a way that you evaluate as less than an A or even an A plus or an A star. You know, I used to experience this when I was studying. You know, I'd 
really would come close to quitting often because I didn't get an A+. Plus. I thought it was terrible. I'd get a B or whatever. And then everything, you know, I'd feel like the whole thing was worthless. What, what was even the point? So this unfair and deeply un- uncompassionate demand that you be anything less than perfect can come up in working environments, can come up in things you do for pleasure, I don't know, like drawing or um, embroidering or something like that, knitting or something. And it can also come up in our spiritual life. So if you don't feel like you're understanding your journeys immediately or you've been given a message that you just don't get yet, instead of being patient or understanding what you can understand, you, you go into a spiral and you think that everything's terrible and it's not worth it and you're not good enough and what's the point? And that's, this type of thinking <coughs> can also really derail any attempt to help yourself to move forward, to be on a functional spiritual path. You know, if you're I mean, let's think about it in simple terms. Let's think about dieting. You know, if you're dieting and trying to exercise every day, you miss, you go off your diet once or you skip exercising once and suddenly that's it. You, Everything's ruined. So you're in at the biscuits and the M&Ms and you don't go outside for a week. Like, and we do this, I think we do the same thing with our spiritual life as well. We think, oh, it's just not good enough. I'm just going to give up. And everything falls to, everything falls to the wayside. The other form that all or nothing thinking can take is when you treat yourself like a failure if you're not feeling well enough or physically or mentally to perform the task that you'd plan to perform. So for me, often, you know, if I'm having a bad week or um, my ADD is playing up, which it sometimes does, depending on what's happening in my life, I'm simply not able to do all of the things that I wanted to do that week. And in the past, I would have spent a long time beating myself up and feeling really bad and guilty about it, thinking I was a failure because I wasn't able to do what I thought I wanted to do. I don't do that now. I've worked through quite a lot of the the, the issues that I face, but I think that it's something to remember. Sometimes our best is our best. One week that's very different to our best another week. Another nod to the four agreements there. You know, we just do our best in the week, in the time that we have with how we're feeling on that day. And that changes from from day to day, minute to minute, week to week. And really, the other thing that can happen in that space is when you convince yourself that because you didn't do some minor task, for example, you missed your gratitude practice that week or you didn't manage to journey or you missed a live event, then your whole spiritual life has fallen apart. What was the point of all the work you've already done? Nothing's going to, you know, you're going to have to start from square one, start from scratch. So, you know, it's quite, it's quite a deep um, place to be in. All or nothing thinking. And when we're looking for middle ground in those moments, it can be really hard to do, especially if you've been in all or nothing thinking for a long time or 
you've not even thought about it before in this podcast, potentially one of the first times or the first time that you've even heard that this is a thing and you just think that that's how life is. I remember thinking that. This is just how it is. There's no middle ground that doesn't exist. You didn't even know it didn't exist. But it does exist. And there are a few ways that you can work with it. The way that we're going to talk about today is noticing words that we use. So these words can really point to all or nothing thinking. And don't forget that this type of thinking really can come in a spectrum. So you can be like very obviously in the all or nothing um, space, or perhaps it's a little bit more hidden. It's It's a bit trickier to see. So by thinking about whether or not you use these words, this can help you to see whether or not you engage in this type of thinking and Um, If you've not noticed it before, it can give you pointers or signposts. Alright. So the first word is always. So one of the most common words in all or nothing thinking is always. It's usually often used in a negative way. And we'll, let's have a wee um, look at some examples. So it can often be combined with a generalisation about someone's behaviour or character, like, oh, you're always late. Or you always do that. Or about yourself. I always get taken advantage of. There's the hint of the victim in there. Did you hear that? The victim. Certainly there are times where always may feel appropriate or accurate. But other times it keeps you in a cycle of believing that things can't get better prevents us from being patient and understanding towards someone who's slipped up maybe um, where we would expect the same in return and it keeps us in, can keep us in a victim state as well. So do you use the word always a lot? Never. It's the next word. The underside of always, never really can do equal damage when it's used to get rid of like hope or flexibility or to entertain the benefit of the doubt. There aren't many times where never is true in interpersonal relationships and it's really helpful to think of things in those terms, I reckon. So, similarly, never can often be turned inward in negative ways, like I never catch a break, I never know what to say at parties, I never do well in presentations. And it can also be used as a way to remain stuck in a negative vision of the future, like I'll never amount to anything, I'll never manage that, I'll never get there, things will never get better. Yeah? So do you use phrases like that? Do you use the word never? in a way that can point to all or nothing thinking. Everything. So there's another word. It's often unhelpful when it's used to make a mountain out of a molehill. To go from, you know, it can, it can be really tempting to say that everything is going wrong during a series of unfortunate mishaps or, you know, if it's, if, when it feels like everything is going wrong and that, that itself becomes a mindset that prohibits you from seeing what is going right. And it can actually be a self-fulfilling prophecy as well. 
because what happens is when you think everything goes wrong all the time that's where you that's what, not only what you manifest but it's what you see it's your perception of things and if you think that everything's going to go wrong anyway then it stops you from um, from troubleshooting or, or dealing with the situation can keep you also in that victim state so everything totally is another word so it's, it's quite a <clears throat> it can be used as, as quite positive ways like you know in slang and things totally oh that's um, oh that's totally amazing or that's whatever you know I'm probably at the uh, I do use that word as a slang word but it can just as frequently be used as part of all or nothing thinking in a negative way so this job totally stinks or or there's something totally wrong with her or my house is a total pigsty. When you go from part to whole so quickly and, and and usually inaccurately, you blind yourself from seeing the potential positives of a situation or a person. So you put filters on that keep out the good in order to align with your already established perspective that recognises the bad, which keeps you stuck in all or nothing thinking. All right. And then the next word is ruined. Sure, it is true. Some things in life get ruined. Your phone goes down the toilet. Um, you have an absolutely awful experience with a fire or you have a car crash and your car's written off or something like that. Things do get ruined. So I'm not saying that they don't. What I am saying is that the word ruined can often be used to catastrophized during periods of blame and conflict so have you ever accused anybody of ruining a special event or when you had a setback on a personal project you were working on now it's all ruined everything's ruined so it may be helpful in those situations to reframe the experience is the struggle part of growth that will pay off later? Are there aspects of the situation that can be salvaged in a positive way? Has the new path been illuminated that will help you learn something, for example? You know, nothing. it's rare that when we're exhibiting all or nothing behaviour that, that something is to- completely ruined um, or ruined at all. So if you, if you use that word or you recognise that situation or... If there's something in there that you that, that sparks something in you, then have a think about have a think about that. Can't. So just like the word ruin, there are indeed times where can't makes perfect sense. But there are lots of other times when it's used in an overgeneralized way that really just keeps you in victim state, makes you feel helpless, and it's learned helplessness as well. It's not real helplessness makes you feel hopeless and can also perpetuate a pattern of self-sabotage. This can't be fixed. I can't do anything right. I can't handle this. So pay attention again to how you use this word in your daily life. As much as it has come become something of a self-help cliche to banish can't from your vocabulary, it is possible that you... Um, they really are using this word in ways that, that kind of keep you in a rut of negative thinking. It really stops us from being able to 
uh, create stops the opportunity for a realistic assessment of a, a moment or of your abilities or of a situation. Okay. So the next one is everyone or no one. Um, you know, an us versus them mentality. Sweeping generalisations about groups of people that are not accurate. Um, especially if the words everyone or, or no one are used a lot. So do you are you generalising, especially negatively? Everyone doesn't use their indicator anymore or no one cares about something that's important. No one cares about the environment. Everyone uses too much plastic, that kind of thing. What are the sweeping conclusions that you might draw when it feels like you against the world? And it can really paralyse you from moving forward and simply it isn't the case. So that's another all or nothing thinking. And then the last word is anymore. So always, as with the other words, there can be times when this word is used in positive ways, for sure. Um, but other times it's used to moan about things that have seemingly changed and kind of represent a cognitive distortion that can bring you down. So common here are thoughts like, People just aren't as nice anymore, or I'm not good at that anymore, or my or my body can't do that anymore. So that's an, an assumption that something positive can't happen anymore. Things have changed for the worst. And it denies the opportunity to have hope for the future. So it's a very absolute statement, isn't it? So there are some words that we use when we're in a space of all or nothing thinking. So always, never, everything, totally, ruined, can't, everyone, no one, and anymore. And I'll put that list on the show notes so that you can have that there. Maybe you can print it off and have it around the house. Or if you recognise one or two words in particular, perhaps you can pop them on your phone or have them somewhere where you can remind yourself about about those words as signposts to all or nothing thinking. And if we can start to shift that through awareness, because that's what, that's what it takes is awareness. If we can start to shift that through awareness, what we can do then is we can drop a lot of the guilt and shame and difficulty around what we perceive to be our failures on our spiritual path and not only on our spiritual path but on our personal on a personal level as well on a work level there's so many ways that recognizing and defusing an all or nothing mindset can do to really help you in your life so I'd love to hear what you think about this um, in the group in the community group as always that'd be great I'm gonna um, say as always I don't do it every week, but most weeks we set a wee activity and journey section. So if you'd like to do some more work on this and bring in some shamanic elements, then we're going to go over that in the next section. So perhaps you can pop off now and get a pen and paper and I'll see you in just a sec. Hey and welcome back to part two. 
All right. So, a couple of activities and journeys for you this week. The first idea for a journey is to go with your guides and ask to be shown the energetic nature, excuse me, of your relationship with all or nothing thinking, including how this affects your spiritual life. So ask to be shown the energy of that. Now, that could look like many things. It could look like bonds or um, like kind of stickiness, you know, in terms of like holding you back, or it could look like, um, it might show you what it's like when you break free from all or nothing thinking, that kind of thing. And in this journey, it's not unlikely that you might receive a healing as well to kind of help you with this um, issue, if this is an issue that you face. All right? So that's going on a journey with your guides and asking to be shown your energetic relationship with all or nothing thinking, including how this affects your spiritual life. And you might also receive a healing as well. So the next activity is a little bit different. So spend some time, obviously, thinking about the words that we talked about in the first part of the podcast. And ask yourself which of these words you might use. You know, that can actually be really difficult to do. So it might be fun to get together with a trusted friend or partner and work on this together as a project. Because I think lots of us have the tendency to do this at certain times. Um, and Scott and I have done this together and we, we had a buzzword. So you can make up a fun buzzword, for example, when you or your friend slash partner use one of the words above in an all or nothing way you have a silly word that you say to each other, like monkey or milkshake. And it just kind of breaks the tension. So you're not, oh, you you shouldn't use that word or you're not blaming or saying anything. All you're doing is helping your friend or partner to become aware of their language and they help you become aware of yours in that moment. So it's just a keyword, a silly buzzword. Makes it fun. It makes it easier to catch. And you know, sometimes it's fun to work on these projects with a friend. I would always say, Work with a trusted friend. Just work with someone who's going to really get into it as much as you are. Work with someone who's um, not going to think of themselves maybe as superior to you and they're helping you out rather than you doing it together. So, you know, be careful. Use your use your um, intuition. Use your common sense when you're picking a friend to work with. But I think that's a really fun way to do it. And it might be a nice thing to try. So, as always... Please do get over into the community group. Let me know how you got on with this week's podcast. Share in the group. It's lovely to share in the group. Everybody really benefits from that, um, reading other people's experiences. So I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. I hope you got something from it. I hope that you enjoy the activities and journeys this week. And Thank you, as always genuinely so much thank you for listening thank you for taking the time to listen to these podcasts thank you for taking the time to be part of this community it really means so much to me and the team and we just i don't know we just love you an awful lot and we hope that you love this content and as much as as much as we do so thank you so much for being part of the tribe and i'll see you all same time same place next week 
Hey, thank you so much for listening. We love it. We love you. We love connecting with you on our podcast. We're really pushing our Facebook community right now. It is where all the juicy shamanic stuff happens. So if you'd like to join us in that community, you'll find us on Facebook and look for the Centre for Shamanism community group. And we'll see you there.